on this week's episode. We talked to artist Cat Lamp about Fugazi. This is The Operative. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, so to start off, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Cat Lamp, and I am an artist and musician, and I live in Winston-Salem. Um, and most of the art that I do is um, posters and merchandise for bands, but COVID's kind of uh, made that kind of difficult. <laughs> so um, I've just been putting my drawings and other things and selling them on my website and doing little freelance design jobs and painting and just kind of whatever creative stuff I can scrap living together with. And um, I, I started playing guitar when I was 15 and then I switched to bass. Um, a lot of the reason is because of Fugazi. <laughs> um, and I played in bands for a while, but I haven't really played like with any sort of consistency with anyone in about 15 years. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Fugazi. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, when did you first uh, come across Fugazi? Well, first I heard their name. Um, I was spending the night at a friend's house, and she was showing me this package that she made for a friend of hers that lived in West Virginia, and um, and on the Kill Taker a cassette tape of it on the Kill Taker was one of the things that she got for a friend, and I was like, wow, that's a cool name. And um, so during that time, like, it's like 94, 95, um, I was like 14 or 15 and a mall rat, we would go to the mall every Friday night, like our parents would drop us off and just hang out. And so I went to record bar that Friday, or it might've even been the same night. And um, I bought study diet of nothing. They didn't have any and on the kill taker. And so um, when I got home, I, I, I remember so vividly like putting the tape in and just like sitting there and just with the lyrics and it blew me away. Like that, it's just like one of those listening experiences that you remember where you just sit and listen and just devour the art and the words. Like, yeah, I'd never heard anything like it. Um, because I was just getting into punk rock and music and um, just, yeah, like, I, I guess it was like my first introduction that music could be like um, a way to educate people on social justice issues and politics and history and like, it just completely exploded my world. <laughs> And then like, just to, to get technical, like just about the music, it's just the way that they play together is unlike still any other group of people I think I've heard. So, so were you, you were playing music at this time? Or? I was learning to play guitar. Okay. Um, I had just bought a guitar from a girl who was in my art class. Her boyfriend was selling a guitar for $50 and my dad gave me $10 a week for lunch money. So for five weeks, like every week I would give her $10. So it was like layaway. 
<laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, the, the friend who I was spending the night with, who I first heard of Fugazi from, um, she also played guitar and like she would teach me a little bit and then eventually start taking lessons with the same teacher that she was taking lessons with. And yeah, like we spent the night at each other's houses a lot and like jammed a lot and then uh, started going to friends' houses after school. Um, the Tuttle house was a place where I'd go and they had a garage and just, yeah, it was really fun jamming with friends. So did, did you start working together as a band or? Yeah, Jessica and I never actually played in a real band together. Um, but one rainy Saturday at the Tuttle House, it was the first time I played bass with a group of people. Um, we just sat down and um, decided to learn a Sunny Day real estate song. And um, yeah, just like learning how to do that, like the bass part and how it fits in with the group of people. Like that was just some of the most fun I had. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I eventually uh, started playing with Disband in 1996. That was the first band that wrote songs and played shows that I played in. But so you said that the uh... You, you transitioned from the guitar to the bass yep. um, because of uh, Joe Lolly's style or just? Yes. Uh... Yeah, like the, at the time I hadn't heard anything like it. Like the, just the rhythm section is so locked in and just the way that he plays chords and like the syncopation and just, just how like the, he plays off of the guitars and then the guitars play off each other like it's just it's so delicious to listen to <laughs> so is there a particular album that sticks out for you or is it the like with and on the kill taker getting to you so early is it does that one kind of stand out study day to nothing was the one that i actually listened to for the first time and so that one sticks out because of that experience and um, just the place in my heart it has. <laughs> um, I love all of their records, but I think Red Medicine might stick out the most um, from a technical standpoint. Mm -hmm. the, the, the way that the song, the order of the songs and just how it flows, it's just, it just smacks you in, in the face with awesome. And then, um, yeah, Study Diet sticks out because of just like the the political stuff that I learned from it too. And it was kind of a gateway for that. And then um, I think I, I had listened to 13 songs next. That was the second one that I got. And that was just even more mind exploding <laughs> um, with the, you know, the, the political stuff, um, the social justice stuff and like um, just about the earth and the world too. Like, yeah, it, like, you know, at the time, like when you're a teenager, it's like, it, from my experience, it was like a, a lot of the music I'd listened to was just like kind of from a personal standpoint, talking about feelings and love and 
whatever, even as I was starting to get into punk rock and metal. And yeah, Fugazi was the first band that showed me like, oh, you don't have to, you can write songs about anything. <laughs> so we're, we're you uh, part of the, the songwriting, you were talking about the social justice and political aspects of the songs. Were you writing or were you just doing instrumentation? I never really personally got into the social justice stuff with writing music, mm -hmm. um, but it just kind of opened my mind to that whole community and um, how music and shows can be a vehicle to help people. So to, well, yeah, to sort of go off track slightly for a moment, but, but yeah, it has this been tough for you like over the past year with being removed so much from something like live music? I mean, I know that that's something that's important to both of us, but I mean, to you, yeah. like how, how has that been for you? <laughs> it's, it's been depressing. Um, yeah, it's like just, just the experience of being in the room with the loudness and like it just envelops you and then you can just completely disassociate and just be in the moment. Like that's a feeling I miss so much that I feel like I can only achieve at a show. Um, well, sorry, sorry to, to take us <laughs> off track. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was Fugazi, did, did Fugazi in any way help influence your you artistically? Are they someone that, that you'll listen to when you're doing stuff? I mean, for I know sure. that- I know, I know that you do work for bands like Avid Brothers, which is kind of stylistically different. But. Yeah, but yeah, I listen to everything when I'm working, everything that I enjoy to listen to. And like Fugazi is one of those like comfort food bands where I can always go back to you and it helps me focus. And I love that there's just new things that I notice often in their music. Are they a band that you've, had to try to sell other people on no like uh, like well I guess early on when I was younger I would try to evangelize with the music that I liked you know when friends would ride in my car to be like oh, listen to this this is awesome and I feel like okay whatever um I feel like um my friends that also liked Fugazi it was just kind of like a mutual thing already mm -hmm. um yeah. I had liked Minor Threat and then I got I got I forgot I got Repeater. And when I got Repeater, I was disappointed because Repeater didn't sound like Minor Threat. <laughs> and and so I put it on a shelf and uh didn't revisit it until sometime in college when some of my friends and one of my current bandmates uh was like Fugazi's really good, man. Nice. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they are. <laughs> I completely understand, like, that expectation thing. I did that um, when, I, when Jets to Brazil's record came out. It did sound like Jawbox, so I just never put it in again. And then, like, many years later, I heard them. I was like, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's but that's interesting too with you talking about the uh subject of the songs with Fugazi with 
when you were getting into Fugazi, I, I was thinking about what I was getting into and bands like Sebado were something that I was really into, which was all about relationships. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the first thing I, before I heard, uh, jawbreaker i heard the first jets to brazil and i was like oh this is amazing i love this this is great and so then when i went back and listened to jawbreaker i was like well this is totally different what is this oh i just got i realized i got jets to brazil and burning airlines mixed up oh oh how bands and the airplane later things yeah but yeah. yeah no but 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 that's a good point too if i believe that well, yeah, I, I heard Jawbox, but I kind of wrote them off. They they were they were punk, but kind of confusing. But the uh, when I what I got into was Burning Airlines, and then when I looped back around, so yeah, this I did the same thing with Jets Brazil and <laughs> Burning Airlines. I, I listened to the latter day stuff and was like, oh, this is cool, and then was like, oh, the the earlier stuff was even better. <laughs> so yeah, nice, yeah. With uh, Fugazi and Minor Threat, like I hadn't listened to Minor Threat until after I'd gotten into Fugazi, and I liked them, but it was just a completely different experience. Was there other stuff like Fugazi that you were into at the time that you got into them? I was um, getting really into Sonic Youth at the time, and uh, who else? The Breeders. Um, think Jawbox um I'm still in a Metallica um and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin all the classic stuff that my dad had um yeah that was a and then eventually like I started getting into the emo stuff like Sunny Day Real Estate and the Promise Ring yeah. aside from the the way that you described how, how the the band kind of seamlessly works in in a way that's different from most other bands was there anything else about the 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 band itself that kind of drew you in or was it just the how unique they were i also love how accessible they like to be like how they um played shows where like the cover charge was five bucks and then I think later they had to raise it to seven, but it was still like so affordable. I loved how they played benefit shows all the time in DC. And then like, I guess to branch out a little bit from the band itself, like learning about Discord records and how like, oh, you can just kind of create your own culture and put out your own stuff and put out your friend's stuff. And um, I thought that was so cool. Like that was my first introduction to like DIY on a on a level like that um and it inspired me to get more involved in the local community you were part of the punk community you're in Winston yeah right yeah um were they a a, a fairly well-regarded band within that community or yeah I think so um Fugazi played at Ziggy's in 1995 here at Winston-Salem and everybody was there. <laughs> it was so awesome. I was really lucky. I got to watch them from the side of the stage with the photographers. Like it was, 
I don't know if it had you have you been to the old Ziggy's like where it's kind of set up like an amphitheater and the stage is down low and then okay. like there's what like higher levels that kind of look down so like people were getting squished um at the railing at the front and um yeah eventually like very early on just crawled up on the side of the stage and got to like watch them and Ian kept telling people to take a step back because lots of people were getting squished in the front and I was like gosh this is so cool like they're like looking out for the people who are here uh well they they've gone on an indefinite hiatus is there anything that you wish that, that they would have done or that they would do if they got back together? Or do you think that the, the formula that they kind of developed over the years, it, I mean, every album is a little different. Yeah. But, but do, do you think that, you would you like to see them do something new or would you like to see them do like, what, just keeping up with what they've been doing? I, I would really enjoy that. Like sometimes I try to send out like, invisible psychic fugazi bat signals for them to like maybe do something but of course it's like you know that they have to enjoy it and want to because that's kind of the whole point of what makes them so amazing and i totally respect like them having to go on hiatus at the time that they did um because if you're not feeling it um it's not gonna be is enjoyable for anybody. Did you follow any of the other bands that have been related to them or that they've been a part of since then? Yeah, um, I got to see the Evens at Gate City Noise and um, we saw them aesthetics at King's and I was such a dork. Like I just went up to Brendan afterwards and was like, hey, I like your band. And that was it, like, <laughs> not like, I've been like following your music for like 20 years and like you're the best drummer ever. It's just like, hey, I like your band. <laughs> um, and that, the Corky record, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm saying that their name correctly, but that's been, a, I listened to that a lot last year. Like it came out the, the perfect year for like that kind of music to come out. It was very comforting and nice. Do you feel that the kind of things that they stood for through Fugazi, that they're kind of carrying those ideals out through the uh, through through the other bands, or are they? Do you feel that they're going in a different direction? I feel like um, the wherever those guys go, like they're gonna bring like that that kindness and and love. I think to all their projects, um, but there's just something about the four of them together that makes it much larger, if that makes sense. But yeah, I think I think they're bringing some of that, like the Corky record got a little political in that like wonderful Fugazi way. The thing that you're, you're describing, that how they, they, they interacted together and how they kind of worked even better as a as a unit is that something that you wish you saw in more bands or because it is something that that doesn't happen that often do you think that it makes Fugazi even better yeah that one um, <laughs> I think like 
like that being like such a rare thing like that a small group of people can be on the planet in the same place at the same exact time like we just combining together like it's just so cool um and i i love that it's not an everyday thing i think it it elevates like bands who can do that it just really elevates it is it you, you can just hear like the the team work involved it's so fun so did Fugazi lead you down any other paths you said that then you discovered discord and eventually uh -huh. you got into emo and where all did it take you um yeah like like uh, getting the the discord mail or seeing the mail order cattle no and zines there was like discord ads and like you could like mail order records and um I remember mail ordering some stuff and just kind of learning about the other bands in the DC community that were on that label. Um, and what was the question again? <laughs> like thinking about those cool ads and like how the, just the design layout looked like I got really distracted. When they played in North Carolina in 1995, the makeup opened for those three dates and I'd never seen or heard anything like them at the time. And I also another awesome thing I love about Fugazi is that they like have weird bands open up for them that might not be musically compatible. I don't mean like they're a weird band, but like, you know, it's weird that like a completely different genre is opening for Fugazi, but they, I love how they like um, wanted to expose their audience to different kinds of art. Um, yeah, uh, one time I saw them in DC and this band called Shine opened for them and they were just like this sludgy, like stoner metal. Um, and their name changed, I forgot what their name changed to, but they were eventually on Joe's label. Like he had like the sludgy stoner metal record label. Um, with, I think Dead Meadow was one of the first releases on that. Oh, another time I saw them in DC, Fugazi in DC, there was a, um, a band, they were like high school kids. They were called the Savage Boys and Girls Club. And they like were just a local high school band. I got their tape and it was like, you know, it was like a blank tape that they had dubbed their music onto. It was so awesome. If you had the opportunity to sit down and talk to any of the members. Is there it's something that you would want to share with them about your experience with their music and what it's meant to you? I I think I, if I had the opportunity now, I would probably apologize for being such a dork when I was 15. <laughs> I actually wrote Ian a dorky letter, like, thanks for inspiring me and opening my mind to all of this, you know, he inspired me to start a band and whatever. And he wrote back. <laughs> like, it was so awesome. Like, it, like months passed by, but like he wrote a postcard back. And then um, that string of shows in 1995, um, I actually did go up to him after the Ziggy show and was like, thank you for your music. And like, it's so awesome to see you. And like, he was really nice and 
receptive. And then the next night in Raleigh, my friend and I, we waited out behind the roots for them to load out. <laughs> and we ended up like being, a, we were in a circle of people and like Ian and Gee were just so friendly and so chatty. And then Brendan eventually came up and didn't see Joe, but um, that night, I was on crutches. <laughs> I had um, torn a ligament in my ankle during the day <laughs> at, at school. Um, and, and still made it to the show. had to. He's my favorite fan. And um, and remembered me from the night before. And he's like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, like a torn ligament in my ankle. And then he's like, are y'all coming to the Charlotte show tomorrow? And my friend and I were like, we'd love to, but we're not sure if we could get a ride. And he was like, I'm going to put you guys on the guest list and a plus one for whoever can drive you because we we're too young to drive. So we eventually, we found somebody to take us and we went to the Charlotte show. And that night, like I was feeling so much better. I didn't have my crutches. Like they say a tour ligament, but I don't know if it, if it was that serious, if like I was healed by a Fugazi show. <laughs> I was able to walk the next day but I feel like um when we saw ran into Ian before the show where we said hey thank you and he's like where's your crutches and I was like I feel so much better and, and like he just kind of was like oh and and I got the vibe that maybe he thought I was faking the night before and so I would like to apologize for like any misrepresentation there <laughs> also <laughs> I can talk to him again but also, sorry, I was like a dork, but, uh, and thank you. And, uh, yeah, I want to know what they're up to. Like, I haven't heard what Guy's doing in a long time. Do you think that Fugazi will have kind of a, a lasting impression on people moving forward, kids that are coming up now? Do you, do you think that they'll manage to kind of break into that in any sort of way now that they're not releasing albums? For sure. I, I remember like growing up and getting into music and like, you know, going through my dad's CDs and records and like exploring all of those classic bands that weren't together anymore. So I feel like, um, yeah, I think that they uh, also like their songs are so timeless, like a lot of them that um, it can, uh, can apply to like culturally things that are happening now even though they were written a long time ago um i think that that people continue to find meaning and connection with their music you could pick one album for someone to listen to uh what would you pick man that's a really tough question because like there's variables because it's like you know, is this a person who listens who who likes more poppy kind of stuff or is it someone who can really get down with start stops and weird time signatures um I think uh 13 songs would be a good place to start for um someone who is really into the power of lyrics and then um red medicine I'd recommend to someone who enjoys like weird technical music as well <laughs> i miss them <laughs> um the, somebody there's a website i've 
I can't remember the exact name, but it's, it's something like is Fugazi back together yet.com. And you go to it and it shows like how many days they've not been together. Oh. <laughs> mm. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, sorry to end it on that really sad note. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, where can people find your art? Catlamp.com. And you've got all sorts of stuff up there, gig posters and... Yeah, posters, enamel pins, greeting cards. Um, recently did a jigsaw puzzle. Um, stickers, art prints. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Kat. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. It's been a pleasure. The Operative is produced in conjunction with Radio Note. For more information and a complete show listing, visit radionote.com. And to find all of our past episodes, visit theoperative.bandcamp.com. Thank you.